This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is Willie Anderson, and you're listening to the iTest for Two. Welcome to Thanksgiving Week's edition of the I Test for Two. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. We are, of course, Hall of Fame voters. And the reason our Hall of Fame producer, Ian Glendon, played that intro was because we have some Hall of Fame news for you today. The Hall announced its list of semifinalists. And it's a long one, Ira. And, and it's a good one. Uh, we've got 11 on offense, 13 on defense, and two special teamers. And uh, we might as well get right into it. And I'll go down the list on offense. We've got running backs, Eddie George, Fred Taylor, Ricky Waters, wide receiver, Anquan Bolden, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Heinz Ward, and Reggie Wayne. There's six of them. And there are two offensive linemen, Willie Anderson, and of course, holdover, Tony Baselli. And on defense, we've got um, defensive lineman, Jared Allen. Robert Mathis, Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork, and of course, my favorite, as you know, Ira, Bryant Young. There are five of those defensive linemen. Linebackers, there are four, Sam Mills, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, and Patrick Willis. And defensive backs, Eric Allen, Rondé Barber? Oh, that would be Ira's guy. Ira's guy, Rondé Barber, who in all likelihood will have to present again as one of the finalists. Leroy Butler and Darren Woodson. And their two special teamers, Devin Hester, and Steve Tasker. So, all right, let's get to it right off the bat. Your impressions of this list, surprises, disappointments, what do you got? All right, two quick points, Clark. Uh, I'm glad the voters didn't forget about guys like Bryant Young and Willie Anderson. Very easily, you could, uh, you know, overlook those guys, but they've got a compelling case for Canton, so I'm happy about that. Devin Hester is interesting. Clark, interesting. Maybe the best ever at what he did. And Clark, my main point, from a pass rusher standpoint, I'm a little surprised and perplexed, perhaps, about Robert Mathis. Good player. But I don't know that he's better than Leslie O'Neill and Simeon Rice. Buck fans are a little wondering, what's going on with Simeon Rice? Not getting a lot of respect. So, Clark... From a pass rushing standpoint, where is Leslie O'Neill? He played last in 99, Clark. He's going to be approaching the abyss pretty soon. And I don't see any groundswell for Leslie O'Neill. Where is he? He's in the abyss already. I mean, he's not a senior, but people have forgotten about him. And Ira, we talked about this last week with John Turney. He doesn't get it. We don't get it. 
He had 132 and a half sacks, which officially the same number as Lawrence Taylor. Now that doesn't right. mean he's Lawrence Taylor, but right. he's been a semifinalist once and, and that was it. And then he disappeared. And I, I just, I don't understand it. And I guess it's sort of, you know, we've talked about latest is the greatest and Robert Mathis gets that traction because he played more recently than Leslie O'Neill. Leslie O'Neill was a semifinalist in 2018. That's it. So the fact that he hasn't come back in 19, 20, 21, and 22 means he's all but been forgotten by the voters. And it's sad to hear. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's the way it is. Another guy who disappeared was linebacker Cornelius Bennett. He was a semifinalist last year for the first time. Not anymore. He's gone. I mean, he disappeared from this list. So um, I should mention there were seven first-year players um, and or first-year candidates. And certainly Anquan Bolden's one of those. Andre Johnson is one of those. Steve Smith is another one. Uh, who else do we have? Robert Mathis, as you mentioned. Vince Wilfork. And uh, who else? Anyone else? Oh, <laughs> DeMarcus Ware. And of that group, I would guess, Ian, I can ask you because you're on the outside. You look at those seven first-year candidates. To me, oh, and Devin Hester. Uh, of that group, I would think Hester and, and probably Ware are the most likely to make the next 15. And then I'll throw it to Ira. But um, I, I know you're a Patriots fan. I just don't think Will Fork's going to make it this year in his first year of eligibility. I'm talking about going from 25 to 15. But I could see Hester for exactly the same reason that Ira mentioned him. He's got some cachet as being, first of all, he's recent. Secondly, he was the best at what he did. Uh, but DeMarcus Ware, I mean, 138 and a half sacks, Ira, that's going to play big. But again, Ian, your impressions. No, I, I agree. I mean, as much as I love Vince Wilfork and any Patriot fan does, um, I, I think we probably realize he's, he's probably obviously more of a Patriot Hall of Famer than I, I think a, a, a professional pro football hall of famer maybe one day he'll make it through to to maybe the next uh, round but uh on Devin Hester I I'm of the belief that I don't care what position you are whether it's strictly a special teams returner or strictly a kicker or or whatever if you had a big enough impact on the game of football during your career I I think that warrants discussion there therefore I I do agree that Devin Hester might uh kind of sneak into the next round I think he is a potentially deserving candidate based on what he did at the position that he played. And, and frankly, well, Ian, I, I think that, that uh, Will Fork's case honestly is hurt by Seymour because they both yeah. play the same position for the same team. So you go, we're going to put two of them among the finalists, among the 15 finalists. No, I'll choose one. It'll be Richard Seymour. What do you think, Howard? I think that's absolutely right. Clark. Now, Clark, there's 26 names on the list. Yep. Tell me if you, tell me if you agree with me. The name of this show for good reason is the eye test for two. And Clark, of those 26, I don't think there's anyone that embodies the eye test more than Heinz Ward. Clark, he's got good numbers, maybe not Hall of Fame numbers when you look at Torrey Holt and, you know, Andre Johnson and Steve Smith. And Bolden's a little bit like like uh, Heinz Ward. He, he was a ferocious blocker, physical but, Clark, I am very happy that Heinz Ward is on this list. Well, you know what, Ara? That's no surprise. This is his sixth time as a semifinalist. He was first nominated in 2017. He makes it to the semifinals every year. But we've got to get him into that room. I'm with you 100% on Heinz Ward because the numbers aren't staggering. But he played for Super Bowl champions. And if you watched him play, he was the go-to guy in that offense. People talk about Jerome Bettishoff. 
a great player. But Heinz Ward was sort of under the radar, although he wasn't in the Pittsburgh area. They all knew what he did. But he was such a terrific blocker. And he was Roethlisberger's go-to guy for big plays. And I remember a game. It was the conference championship game against the Jets. I don't know what year it was. I'm going to guess it was 2009, maybe, or um, 10, or somewhere in there. Um, It was 10 because 2009 was the the Colts. But um, So they're playing the, the, the Jets. And they had a third and short late in the game that the, the Steelers did. And um, uh, there was no timeouts left for um, the Jets. The clock had been stopped. They used the last timeout. And it was about 30, maybe six, seven, something like that. I guess maybe that's called long today. But um, So the question was, do they run it? And so they run another 45 seconds off the clock? Or do they risk throwing the incompletion? And I said, you got to run it. I mean, you got to run it because you got to run the clock down. And he threw it. I'm talking about Roethlisberger threw it, threw it to Heinz Ward and they got the first down. That's because he was the go-to guy. And because, Ira, he passed, what was that? The eye test, baby. Hey, Clark, um, Clark, what do you think, um, you know, look, the Peyton Mannings don't come along too often to Brett Favre. So, Clark, no quarterbacks. And I'm not sure any quarterback is even close um, right now and, what do, you, what do you think of Randall Cunningham? Does he deserve a, a, a look, a cursory look, Clark? He deserves a cursory look, but so does another Eagles quarterback in my mind. That's Donovan McNabb. I mean, McNabb took that team to, what, five conference championship games in eight years? He was a vital part of that team. And, and he gets knocked for numbers of reasons. I don't really understand it because when they had Brian Westbrook and um, T.O. there and, um, and a great defense led by Jim Johnson, of course, and defensive backs were terrific. And, um, I looked at Donovan McNabb and I thought, at the very least, he deserves to be a semifinalist. At the very least, he never has been, Ira. And uh, Ian, I don't know what you think of McNabb, but I, I would think each year among the 25 candidates, he, he should be, I would think, included once, at least once, but he hasn't been. I give him credit for, well, obviously, the uh, the amount of success going to the championship games, leading the teams to the Super Bowl. Um, I admittedly would have to go back and kind of look <clears throat> more deeply at some of his numbers. I know he had a lot of success and he was a great passer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to say one way or the other if I think you know he deserves to get further and further down the road. So I guess I would have to reserve my uh, opinion for, for a later date on that. So uh, Clark, an, Clark, an interesting name, and you tell me whether you covered this guy. You might have covered this guy. Um, You're talking about a senior candidate? <laughs> I'm talking about Ricky Waters, my friend. I did cover I'm talking him. about Ricky Waters, who had um, good careers with a couple of clubs, Clark, Philly also, and the Bay Area. Um, what are your memories of Ricky Waters? Best pass-catching running back I'd seen up to that point. And I ran into him years later in Seattle and said, you made a big mistake leaving San Francisco. He left after the 94 season for Philadelphia. And unfortunately in Philadelphia, what's he remembered for? He had good numbers there and uh, was a productive player. What's he remembered for when you short armed a pass, asked him, why didn't you (laughs) extend yourself for who, for what? That's what became associated with Ricky waters for who, for what? And, and he's a much better back than people know. And again, Ian, if you looked at those numbers of Ricky Waters, very consistent. But when I ran into him in Seattle, I said, if you just stayed in San Francisco, not taking the money and run, but stayed where you could have been um, appreciated and also most benefited, you would have been in the you would be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You would have had another ring. He goes, well, I'm going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I went, I, I don't think so, Ricky, because you put up numbers wherever you went, but you kind of disappeared. 
And, and I know how invaluable Ira he was to that team. He was Roger Craig coming out of the backfield. Now, Roger Craig was a great pass catching running back too. Ricky Waters was special for them and they used him like they did Craig. Um, terrific player. I'm really glad to see him back as a semifinalist. This is only a second time. Only a second time. I and mean, we have Eddie George. First time. You know, first time for him. So I'm glad you mentioned Ricky Waters because, yeah, he deserves a discussion. I'm not saying he necessarily deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But one of these days, I'd like to see him get in that room as one of the 15. But honestly, our after Bryant Young, Bryant Young was was a monster out in, in San Francisco and really should be back as finalist. We've had him once. We should have him back there. Um, let's look. Clark, at while we're talking, Clark, while we're talking about the Niners, let, let's throw this guy out there. Um, relatively short career. Yep. But a great player, Clark, arguably the best player at his position for five, six years. And to me, that's kind of enough to get into Canton if you're the best. And I'm talking about Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis. Willis. Yep. I knew you were going to mention him. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been uh, a finalist yet. But he hasn't been eligible that many years. But I think this is the year he moves forward, Ara. And I do think eventually he does make it. Um, but absolutely, does he belong in the, the cut to 15 this year? I think he does. I think we've got an opening now for um, a numbers of people on this list uh, who should move forward because we have those nine finalists from last year, right? So that leaves the door open for six. And I'm not saying those nine are ironclad. But I think right. four or five or six of them are. But um, but so that leaves the door open. Patrick Willis, to me, is one of them. Willie Anderson, I think, would be another uh, right tackle for the Bengals. I would think Bryant Young should come back. And I sure hope we can beat the bushes for Bryant Young because I, I think he certainly deserves to be in there. But again, you know, you get people now going, well, how many 49ers you want to put in here? I think they're just great players. I think you put the great players in there. So um, uh, I, I, I look at this list and wonder – how many of these guys actually are going to make it as um, Hall of Famers this year? And I'm talking about the class of 2022. I mean, the vote this year, but um, you think we could talk, you think we could have another uh, the emerging backlog of wideouts? No question. With, with Bolden, Steve yeah. Smith, Holt as a carryover. Ward could be in there. Um, what's your feelings about Steve Smith? You know, I was asked about four years ago, uh, about six, seven years ago, um, Chris Russo asked me about Steve Smith. He was a very pro Steve Smith. I said, he's not getting in. Then Clark, he added another couple of years where he was pretty effective. And yeah. Clark, he, he, he's got some numbers, Steve Smith. Yeah, but so does everybody. That's the problem. That's the problem with this position. That The more you go forward here with wide receivers, you get these prodigious numbers. And how meaningful are they? Steve Smith certainly was a productive player. I think he's worthy of a discussion. I'm with you, Ira. Honestly, if you would ask me right now, I'd say probably not, you know, Hall of Famer. Uh, On this list, honestly, I look at Bolden, Holt, Johnson, Steve Smith. People talk about Johnson, Heinz Ward, Reggie Wayne. They're all Hall of Fame worthy, but the first guy to pick out of there is Heinz Ward. That'd be the first guy. And people tell you, you're nuts. Look what Andre Johnson did. I I do admit that success does um, impact my vote. Heinz Ward had a lot of it with Pittsburgh. Um, Reggie Wayne certainly had some with Indianapolis. Um, but I, I look at Heinz Ward. He could do everything. That's what I love about him. And if you're looking strictly at it from an analytics point or a statistical point, he's going to move down the list. But that's why we do call this show. I, I forgot. What is that again? It, it's the eye test for oh, two. Hey, right, Clark, you right. know, Clark, you know, 
Bengal Nation, and, and you know this better than anybody, they're up in arms. They're passionate uh, about Riley, about Anders, uh, about Ken Anderson, and Clark. If Willie Anderson, should he not make the final 15, Bengal Nation is going to be in a total uproar. Yeah, I don't know it better than anybody. That would be Jeff Hobson, the voter from Cincinnati. He knows it better than anyone. And he was up in arms last year. Yeah, they should be. I and mean, they've had Hall of Fame worthy players. Ken Riley, senior. Ken Anderson, senior. Um, and, and now we've got Willie Anderson. And, and I thought what uh, Jeff Hobson, who was the Hall of Fame voter, who would present him if he were a finalist, uh, gave to us was really uh, instructive and helpful. And that was a quote from Michael Strahan saying, Best right tackle of his time. You know how I know? Because I lined up against him. And he did. Very tough. But what do we do? Our, we, we look more at left tackles before we look we at do. right tackles. I can't tell you the last right tackle we looked at. But, um, Ian, I'll ask you about this because he was a guest on our show last year. Maybe we bring him back again this year. But Willie Anderson, do you know much about him? Do you have any feeling about him? You look at these um, two offensive linemen. It's Willie Anderson, Tony Baselli. Baselli's certainly making the cut. But Willie Anderson – was a terrific player at a position that we don't typically look at as Hall of Fame selectors. Well, I, you know, I'm certainly old enough to have watched him play because he was a Bengal. Obviously, I was still a young, young lad, I guess, not necessarily uh, deep into my football analytic uh, age. But, you know, learning about him the last time when we had him on the show and just the comments from his peers, you know, that's that's what really you know, strikes a, oh, you know, he was the best one that you went up against. And then again, Mm -hmm. I believe like you guys that right tackles unfairly get, you know, kind of pushed to the side because it's not the quote unquote premier position. But, you know, if going back to when he was on the show, you mentioned that, well, around that time you started to get, you know, the, the dual defensive ends being able to rush from both sides. So not only was the left tackle position important, but the right tackle was becoming just as important, but Unfortunately, the narrative was still what it used to and still be, uh, still is, is that the left tackle is the position. So, Hey, yeah. Clark, Clark, I've got a, uh, I've got a name for Mr. Uh, for Mr. Glendon right here. Clark, you ready? Yeah. Um, and it just struck me. I just did a, a quick uh, look. This guy finished his career with the Bucks. Clark, 2015. He's eligible. He did not make it. His name, Logan Mankins. Logan Mankins. Ian, make the case for Logan Mankins. The only thing he's missing is a championship because, I mean, the the guy was from day one probably the best left guard in football, if not one of the two or three best left guards in football. And, um, I mean, he played an entire season with a torn MCL. Uh, the, the guy was as ferocious as you could possibly get. He was everything you wanted in a, in, a, in a guard in that position. But unfortunately, he just happened to be there from 2015 to 2014, the year, the years that the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. So unfortunately, he doesn't have that Super Bowl success to, uh, you know, add to his resume. But I mean, it, when it comes to a, a, a offensive lineman, a guy you want on your protecting your quarterback, um, you're not going to get too far down the list uh, until you get to Logan Mankins when it comes to players who played the last 15 years. Okay, last question for you guys. Let's go back to DeMarcus Ware. Of this group of 26, he's the most likely to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, the most likely for this reason. He had 138 and a half sacks. That's ninth all time. It's also one behind Jason Taylor. Now, the reason that's significant is because all of the Hall of Fame eligible pass rushers who are ahead of DeMarcus Ware 
They're all enshrined, including Jason Taylor, who was a first ballot choice in 2017. Now, Ira, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have any strong feeling about him. I certainly think he's Hall of Fame worthy. But I think when you look at this group this year, we've talked about this many times on this show. I think it's a cleanup year. You've got Baselli, You've got Butler. You've got Seymour and maybe Zach Thomas. But I'd take those first three as, as sort of I hate, I hate to use the word locks, but I think I will because I think it, it, it's just wide open. So let's say you've got those three with maybe Zach Thomas. Well, that certainly opens door for two or maybe one other candidate. And so I think the feeling is, well, let's just take the best of the first year eligibles. That would be DeMarcus Ware. Would he get your vote as a first year eligible candidate? That's a good breakdown, Clark. I'll be shocked, and so would you, if he doesn't make the list of 15. Mm-hmm. DeMarcus Ware is going to make the list of 15. Yes. Um, now, is he going to be a first ballot gold jacket member? I'd say the chances are good because, Clark, you've said it before. They love the pass rushers in that room. Jason Taylor was the only one that year. And that was a year that Brian Dawkins and John Lynch, I believe, split the votes at safety. Otherwise, either one of them could have got in. They split those votes. And I think the scene was set for Lynch to get in that year, and he didn't do it because Dawkins took his votes away, uh, and deservedly so. Dawkins was a hell of a player. And that opened the door for Jason Taylor. That could happen again, uh, but I think you're right. I think this is a clean-up year. If I had to say it, Clark, I'm going to say where comes a little short. He's going to have his day in Canton, but I don't think it'll happen in the class of 2022. So given that scenario, Ira, who do you think would be the one or two persons missing from that list? And I'm talking about the modern era class of 2022, the class itself, the inducted players. You've got three that we like. Zach Thomas may be a fourth. So it leaves it open for one, maybe two. You're going to make us a selection here? Maybe a receiver like Holt. Holt's been waiting, Clark. He has been mm-hmm. waiting. He's got that in his, uh, to his advantage. He has been waiting. Wayne's been waiting. Maybe one of them sneaks in. Um, I, I, might, I, I, I might knock you off your, your stool on that Zoom call because I'm going full bore with Rondé Barber. Rondé Barber, I knew it. I knew it. But you know what? You uh, may be right. You may be right. Uh, but he didn't make the final 10, Clark. I know. He didn't make the final 10. So that's a big jump. That's a big jump. I don't know if he can do it, especially year where Leroy Butler, you and I both think are getting in. So it wouldn't shock me if Ware gets in, Clark, but I don't, I don't think he's a slam dunk. Yeah, I think Barber's a real possibility. What about Jared Allen? Now, he didn't make the final 10 last year either, but he's a guy who's got a lot of sacks, a lot of numbers. Where do you stand um, with him? I, I, I think where I think where's ahead of Allen, even though not on the pecking order. I, okay. I think where's ahead of Allen. Where do you stand on this, Ian? You got I, I'm going to give you one or two guys. Uh, we figure again, as I said, Baselli, Butler, Seymour, those three probably are locks. Um, and then maybe Zach Thomas. But I'll give you two. Give me two guys that you would put in Canton for 2022 if those three are gimmies. And maybe Zach Thomas, one of you two. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys on where where I think think he maybe he gets in I don't want to say by default because I don't want to make that sound disrespectful but I think he has enough to get in as a first ballot and he might be the best option to fill out that class but I, I kind of think about what you guys say a lot all the time on the show and has been said 
you know, if someone were to stand up and, and say his name, is that all you need to say for DeMarcus Ware? And and I don't think so. So that's why I don't think it's a, it's certainly a sure thing. Now, um, Jared Allen, again, I think, again, he's been waiting a few uh, uh, years. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to be with Ira and, and root for uh, Rondé Barber, but, you know, that is going to be a pretty big jump. But if anyone can uh, uh, make a leap like that, make a jump like that, maybe it's Rondé Barber. So um, wishful thinking, Rondé gets in. Um, playing the odds, I'd say DeMarcus Ware probably has a pretty good shot, uh, even though I, I don't think his case is as, a sl- as slam dunk as uh, some may think for uh, being a first ballot. You know, I, I like that, Ari. You know why? Because Ian said he was listening to us. It's good to know that someone's paying attention to what we're saying <laughs> on here. Hey, okay, that's going to do it because uh, we've got our list of 26 semifinals. We'll make the cut in early January. And then from that point, January, what is it, 17th, I think? 18th. 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 January 18th, we're going to vote on the modern era class. We're also going to vote on the senior candidate, uh, the coaching candidate, and the contributor candidate. And the senior candidate is Cliff Branch coaching Dick Vermeil and contributor Art McNally. So we'll deal with these names in the next month, the next two months, and um, make the cut to 15 and then tell you who the uh, the five modern era candidates are. But Ira, uh, and you know, Clark, time- Clark, when we do up uh, Clark, when we do our show after January 18th, you know, and people are going to wonder, oh, why aren't you talking about the, the five guys that are going in? We're, Clark, we're, we're not going to know it. And we're not going to know. It's just like last know. year. Just like last year, they're not going to know it. And we've, uh, I think we're going to sign a PDA where we have to basically promise that we're not going to disclose what we heard. But um, I know I would pay attention to that. I, I, I'm not so sure about you. Down in Tampa, I'm not really sure what's going on down there. I don't like, I don't like to sign my name unless somebody's giving me $100,000. That, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's why you're doing this show. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not seeing your checks. Uh, Ari, got any final thoughts here? Well, uh, I'll say this, Clark. Um, the Bucks are, are playing a team that's playing maybe the best football, with all due respect to uh, mm-hmm. Ian's Patriots, and that's the Indianapolis Colts, Clark. And I'll say this. They have a simple formula that still works. Right. Run the ball. Don't turn it over. Make things easy on your quarterback. And you're going to be in every game. And, Clark, it's working out pretty well for Frank Reich's crew right now. Yeah, they're coming out of nowhere, as are Ian Glendon's New England Patriots. Keep your eyes on them. Hey, my final thought is our Thanksgiving week. Thankful for working with you guys. I got a Hall of Fame producer and the sage of Tampa, a guy who tells me everything that's right and wrong with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I couldn't be more thankful and grateful for working with you guys. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Ira, people are looking for you. They know you're not in St. Thomas. Where can they find you on Twitter? Happy holidays to our growing uh, group of listeners uh, at iKaufman76. And Ian, where can they find you? Uh, actually, in St. Thomas, I, I've t- taken up uh, Ira's uh, advice, and I'm <laughs> heading down there for multiple weeks. No, uh, you can find me on Twitter at IGLEN31. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Clark Judge. T-O-F. Um, and if you want to find us, that's where you can find us. If not... You can tune in here next week at the what's – what's, what's the name of the show I, I, I think I think it's the eye test for two. It, it is think. the eye test for two. So thanks so much for listening, and happy Thanksgiving. Take care, guys.